0: Um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com courses. Thanks for the support.
1: Hello and welcome. I'm Alex Grodnick, and this is Moving Up, a podcast about secrets to success, struggles along the way, and life in general. Today on the pod, Everett Cook, the CEO and co-founder of Roe Business Banking, the first digital commercial bank. Everett has a great story working his way through investment banking and into the buy side. From there, he laid out a very deliberate strategy to become an entrepreneur. The convo ahead is interesting and has some great advice. Let's get into it. Everett, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Alex. Yeah, excited to speak with you. You've got a cool fintech startup in New York and uh, I always love... Talking to cool fintech startup founders, um, so let's uh, let's hear what the what the startup is, and then we'll get uh, into your background and you know how you, how it came to be.
0: Sure. Uh, so I'm CEO and co-founder at Roe Business Banking. Uh, Roe Business Banking is uh, basically the first commercial digital bank. Uh, we focus on companies that are 10 and up and sort of growing in terms of uh, headcount and scale and size. Um, we are primarily a technology company, so we build products that help companies uh, basically work better together with money. Um, uh, we're a team of about 20 right now. We've raised about uh, a little over $7 million in venture capital over the past couple of years. Um, and we started about two years ago. Uh, I, was, I came from finance. I spent about 10 years in finance, both on the sell side and in investment banking and on the buy side in, uh, as like a, a research analyst and portfolio manager. Cool. So finance
1: is in your blood.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was fun. I actually, I really enjoyed it. I, uh, you know, I did not burn out of finance. Uh, Like I, uh, I really enjoyed um, both investment banking and then like, and then investing. Um, I was a macro, macro guy. I was really like interested in the macro economy. And uh, so worked on, uh, on macro investing teams at uh, SAC Capital, and then at uh, two other uh, sort of large hedge funds, um, where uh, supported teams that were, you know, investing billions of dollars, and that was that was really fun for us.
1: Right, and so you know, the the path out of investment banking and hedge funds, you know, into the startup world, it's it's definitely been done. It's not like I would say a normal path that we go to work in an investment bank, and then a hedge fund, and then do a startup. So like, what is inside of you that was that entrepreneurship? Are your parents entrepreneurs? Like, where did that where did that come from?
0: yeah i mean i i kind of i don't know i tend to make life i guess more difficult for myself than it needs to be uh because i like i took two like kind of really difficult uh shifts in terms of my career i actually yeah i started out in left finn pretty much everyone in my uh analyst class went into went to credit funds and places like that which are great places where you can deploy tons of capital and you know generally have like very, very nice investing career. Um, And I was like, no, I want to do like, I find like, you know, interest rates and like uh, foreign exchange and commodities and stuff like that, like really interesting. I I don't really know anything about that, but like, how do I learn? Uh, And so I went, you know, to that side, which was like, actually generally did not pull people from IB. uh, And I kind of had to like claw my way into, into that and convince people that I was smart and interested in what I was doing and, you know, like work really hard, frankly, to get, get an opportunity there. And then, and then kind of did it again, like leaving that space and uh, going into FinTech. Yeah, like you're right. There aren't, um, you know, I'm definitely not the first person to do this. There's a, uh, a number of my friends did this several years before, um, in terms of like leaving places like in private equity and things like that and starting, uh, FinTech companies, uh, some of which are like pretty big today. Um, uh, and, uh, but it was, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't super easy. Uh, the way that I did it honestly was I, I like, I, I left, I, uh, I took three months and, and like basically spent that talking to as many smart people as I could and, and tried to figure out you know what I felt like made the most sense, like where I felt like there was an opportunity and and what I wanted to like basically like uh, build um, so from From my perspective, like what was really valuable was actually being very deliberate about that process and uh, not trying to do it while I had another job going. Um, you know, I, I spent a lot of time while I was on the buy side thinking about, okay, like maybe I should, you know, be, be building this or doing this. Um, it's really hard to do when you have another job. Uh, especially if you're in finance and like you're getting paid really well. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to make that leap. Uh, but I think like if, if you're determined, um, it's almost better to make it, uh, you know, semi blindly, I guess, then, then, then kind of like jump into something that might strike you at a particular point. Um, and it might be the wrong decision um, because you're going to spend the next, you know, five to ten years of your life working on whatever it is you decide. And you know, spending two weeks trying to decide that versus three months, like, is a frankly very good use
1: of time. Right. It might, if you can. Interesting. Okay. So, mm, how, how did that three months progress? Did you come into it with like some idea? I want to stay in finance, and like, wait, and then I'm gonna go find these these problems. And uh, how did it go? Uh,
0: it. Uh, no, it didn't actually. I spent a lot of time thinking about like where there was, I mean, when I, when I was like on the, when I was investing in general, like right, you think about like, okay, like how is the world changing and like what what opportunities does this create? So it's like the same like thought process, um, as like a, as a founder, um, and even as an employee, right? You're just thinking maybe like, okay, like this is the w- way that the world is going to go and I want to join this company. Um, in terms of uh in terms of like that, like from from my perspective, yeah, I would like basically write like kind of like an investment thesis. I actually put myself through an exercise where I did I did one a day. Um and like what is changing in the world like today, and this was like a couple of years ago, and uh and what, what opportunities does that create and like where, you know, is this the space that I am I think I would be good at? Um those are kind of the three questions I tried to answer and try to answer like each each day, literally. Um, you know whatever 5 6 days a week um i ended up with a list of you know uh like i guess like close to 50 or 60 i guess it wasn't like every um uh sort of spaces that were you know that i thought were really interesting that i thought I had a lot of potential um and then I narrowed it down. Like a lot of them were spaces where I thought someone is going to build an awesome business here, but it's probably not going to be me. Um, and there's a lot of those, right? You, ha- you can have a, an awesome business idea. It doesn't mean you're the guy to like run that business uh, or start that business. And then you got to be very careful about that. Um, from And then from my perspective, yeah, like FinTech was just a natural fit because, okay, I actually knew something about finance. You know, I, I had uh, ideas about like the way that you can structure like... Uh, um, your balance sheet as a fintech company in a way that's like more efficient than a lot of other companies um, have done today and in general like just like being you know uh, there's like still a minority of like founders in in this space that have, that have come from finance I was lucky enough to find a, a co-founder that had a really strong tech and engineering background uh, and product background and so we ended up pairing really well it was kind of towards the end of that, of that period for me but um, but yeah that was uh, that was kind of the journey I had a lot of really bad ideas uh, like a lot of really bad bad startup ideas that I would, you know, go over with my wife each day. And uh, she's like, what are you doing? (laughs) Um, But, but we, you know, persevere. uh, It's a skill. Like you get better at you, you know, the first, it's like a, it's like writing. Um, You know, you're, you're bad at writing and then you rewrite and then you rewrite and then you rewrite and all of a sudden you're like actually decent at it.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I, I love that. That makes total sense. So I'd love to hear about you know, where the world is heading that allows you to build this this new commercial bank. Like what's the what's the big picture here?
0: Yeah, the big picture for us, I mean, as like as we think about it with row is uh are a couple things. Um like one, we think companies are like more dynamic, more distributed, um, you know, generally moving at a faster pace. So that is like why we think there needs to be better solutions than what exists today on the shelf. Um what's uh, more structural change is um, the way that banks have worked with um, technology companies uh, has, has changed a lot, uh, especially in the past, like five years. Um, so if you were to try to build Roe um, like seven to 10 years ago, uh, there really only be one place you could do that. Um, and frankly, that wasn't like, it was like a one, one sponsor bank that basically supported companies like Roe and it was really like Roe, or like some other fintech is really going to them and they're kind of like setting the rules of the road and they're setting the terms and they're like frankly very aggressive in terms of the way they do that. Um, Because there weren't a lot of banks that wanted to like work with fintechs. They all thought they could develop their own products and be great at it and, you know, develop like consumer or business product that was, that was excellent. Fast forward to today or even like talking like three years ago, which um, you know, two or two years ago when we started um, the the tables have actually uh, turned in a lot of ways. and, uh, banks have realized that they're not great at developing technology products that like really like solves customers' problems. And so that's what we try to do at Row. That's what like pretty much everybody on the team is 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 working on, is solving, you know, actual problems for companies that we work with. Um, and as a result, like you can, you're, you have the ability to work with, you know, amazing financial institutions and they, and they're coming to you, right? They're coming to you because they want to partner with the best in class companies to basically deliver the best products because they've kind of realized that like, look, they're not going to build like technology teams uh, that are as lean and agile as the way that like startups will, um, you know, they can try and they will generally like burn a lot of money and two, um, you know, by partnering, we can, you know, we can grow together. And so um, you know, those were like big changes that like opened up business models that did not exist. Like frankly, not that long ago.
1: Right. I love that. Okay. Now I'd love to hear uh, about the pain point for a consumer. Like you go a business, you start, you'll go open a chase account pretty terrible customer experience right yeah and so what is the what is the what is your product look like
0: so I mean look I think we you know our view is that um, first of all like by not being terrible like that that's a great place to start <laughs> in banking but like we also now recognize that like the world doesn't need another bank account like there's not you know people aren't dying to like open another account like chase for all for all the trouble it gets uh, is uh, you know is not that bad they're okay Uh, generally gets the job done. Um, What we care about is like solving, you know, solving operational issues for companies. So building all that stuff into like the actual bank account and the uh, spending platform that, um, that companies generally seek elsewhere. Uh, so things like approvals and budgets and being able to send, you know, send international payments like really easily and quickly, um, being able to issue cards, whether they're like physical cards or virtual cards to all your team members. Um, and then a lot of the stuff that like we take for granted in like normal technology, um, like being able to work as a team together, like seamlessly, um, that is just not present in like banking and like financial, like products built by like big institutions.
1: Right. Uh, okay, I love it. So you've got this like structural shift that's happening in the world that allows for you to go partner with uh, a bank and build like a new kind of bank, if you even want to call it a call it a bank. Yeah. maybe maybe uh, even call it- uh, we're a banking platform, technically. But but yeah, same right? principle. And you deliver these products that are delightful and just solve problems that cons- consumers like didn't even know that they had with their bank. Um, and so that's all amazing. Now, how do you go acquire those customers?
0: Uh, so we we work a couple different ways uh, I mean we have a number of customers that just come directly to us and hear about us in you know publications like this or other publications um which is always great uh We have like an incredible sales team that uh you know reaches out to companies that we feel like um you know would benefit a lot from from what we offer them um It might be at a you know more traditional com- service company and have trouble like you know as they scale their team uh with uh you know with like managing that and then um uh, and then we have like a number of partners that that um, that we work with that basically send us their clients, um, companies like accounting firms and, and things like that, um, where they understand that like by making their clients our lives easier, we're actually making their lives easier, um, and so it's like beneficial for everybody involved. Right.
1: Cool. So Everett, we've heard you kind of describe like where the world was and where it is today. Where does it go from here? Like, what does the bank of the future look like?
0: I think, uh, I think it gets more segmented. I think it gets more vertical, but I think it's it's obviously like much more tech, like, um, you know, from our perspective, um, there's been sort of 10 years where you've had this, like, especially in this like narrow space of like commercial B2B banking, um, you've had this like verticalization of products, um, products like bill.com, Expensify, um, you know, Concur, like all this stuff that has kind of made like running a company and running the finances of a company, uh, actually like more complicated all those products are great in isolation but then you stack 20 of them on top of each other and just managing them together becomes a full-time job um so from our view and this is like our thesis and we're you know uh, so this is the bet that we're making um is that there is like a rebundling of financial services there is a you know kind of a digital version of the return to like that relationship banking that i don't know if it ever really existed but it's kind of romanticized at, at some point you know um and so and we think that that is that is happening um you know we think that there's uh economic pressure for that to happen uh you need to amortize your customer across like a broad suite of products um in order to not get stuck in a, like, a customer acquisition war. But also, um, from a c- customer perspective, it becomes better. It becomes better because all your things work together properly. Data syncs. You don't have to reconcile. And so like, if you're a CFO or uh, you know, a VP of finance, um, you know, having a single solution like, saves you know, hours off your week. And we think that is like, the next logical step. I'm sure, like similar instances of that will happen in other verticals. You're actually kind of seeing it in in some of the consumer ecosystems as well. Um, but in like the B two B side, and especially in the commercial banking side, dude, that's that's literally what we're doing.
1: Right. Ever. That's that's so cool. I'm, I totally am bought in. I, I love the I love the <laughs> okay. idea of the rebundling and making things simpler. Right. Because it it makes sense. Like there were these big banks. They didn't do a good job about delighting or exciting any yeah. customers. And then people are like, oh, we can do. P 2 P better. We can do expenses better. We can do this, and now that you have like this mishmash of all these different companies that are that are cool, standalone. But right, do they talk to each other? Do they integrate? And so, yes, the the future one is like bringing this all all back together. Yeah,
0: that's that's certainly our view.
1: Love it. That's really cool. Um, Okay, so let's get into like the last piece of this podcast, like the advice portion of it. Um, You know, a lot of people are are still in their 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 investment banking times, their, their hedge fund times.
0: I, I really enjoyed investment banking. I mean, it was hard, but it was uh, like, uh, it, it was fun. I mean, you definitely like learn a lot yeah, you, really fast. It's
1: a very steep learning curve. You you, you, you yeah. learn quite a bit and then you get a lot of, uh, a lot of cool opportunities to go work in other things because people really value that, that skill set of being yeah. able to understand companies. And you get to work
0: with like really smart people that like are super driven and like, uh, you know, it's uh you don't have that again actually like you don't have like a class of you know whatever my class is like 80 people um you know kind of the same age all like generally like pretty much top of their of their class or you know um like super motivated certainly um uh like kind of like all you know you 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 don't have that same intensity like almost anywhere else in life uh it's like a kind of a unique time in life that you know I don't think I appreciate it as much as uh, as I, I wish I had. Um, I don't think anybody knows. Right. Everybody's just kind of like it's it's hard. And, oh, I, you know, I want to get through this so
1: I can get the next thing <laughs> right. that pays more and it's going to be better. <laughs> Which
0: I get, like that's natural. But that's but it's, that's
1: it's, always life, right? And like I don't know if it, yeah. I don't know if the next thing is ever as good as you think it's going to be.
0: Yeah, but yeah, it's fun. I mean, I don't know. Like people should enjoy it. Okay.
1: So uh, as you're but as you're winding your way through that, uh, and then now you're like, I want to be an entrepreneur, like. Where did you get the confidence to to go do that? Like, instead of just like staying at this prestigious job that everything in the world is saying that this is a good place to be, like, where do you get the confidence to go just out on your own and be like, I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to do something different.
0: I, uh, it was, uh, I mean, I always wanted to do that. I always knew that, um... I don't think you have to always know that. Uh, I'm not saying like, you know, everybody is is like that. But for me, like I started a company when I was like 18 years old. Uh, We were were producing concerts in New York. We actually worked with uh, Jay-Z and a a couple other artists at the time who, uh, and, uh, you know, I was like, uh, I had this like, kind of that experience for me was like, wow, like you can actually just like, you know, create something, uh, right? I, I felt like the concerts in New York at the time were, you know, there weren't enough great, like, concerts, especially not a great, great hip hop concerts. Um, and I was like, okay, like let's get some friends together and like raise some money, like five, $2,000 at a time, whatever. And, and we'll just do this. And we did it. Uh, didn't turn out turn into like a business or anything. Uh, but it was like, wow, like you can actually just like make something in the world. And that was like kind of, you know, at a very young age for me, that was like a, a realization that like, okay, like you don't have to necessarily play by everybody else's rules and you don't want to like, you know, do something that's going to get you in trouble. but like. Um, you can, you can kind of define that. And like, um, you know, if something doesn't exist, you can go out and make it. Um, so that, that kind of seems obvious, but it's like, for me, like experiencing that 10, ten uh, tangibly at like a very young age, um, I was like, okay, I want to keep doing that. I want to keep chasing that. Uh, and then after school, um, you know, I, I just felt like wall street was like a great place to go. Like I didn't necessarily feel like I was ready to like make that jump full, full time. I felt like I would do that for five years. I ended up doing it for, you know, like nine, um but from you know i don't think it like hurts you i think it it prepares you really well for that world i think if you want to you know go out after two years or after five years or whatever um i think getting some experience you know is is really is really a good thing um not not necessarily everybody needs to do that but um you know that was that was kind of like the first thing and then the second thing was yeah like i always you know i worked for people that were amazing entrepreneurs that, you know, that took that leap that, you know, started very small and like built like huge organizations, um, you know, and, uh, like from, from my perspective, it was like, uh, you know, you don't have to, I'm not necessarily saying like, I'm going to be that person, but, uh, you know, it is, it is possible. And, and if you were, and it like, it's just kind of like putting one foot in front of the other and like walking down a path and you don't necessarily know where that's going to lead but like you're just trying to make the best decision each each step of the way um so uh that's that's kind of where you know where i i got that from um you know some members of my family were entrepreneurs uh but uh, and my my parents uh actually like my father was um but um I, I don't know. I think it's just, you know, you try something small and you're like, okay, I can do this. And then you try to something bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah,
1: totally makes sense. And Everett, uh, a funny note here. I think I probably had like at least a dozen people on this podcast who th- their very first Business they ever started was like a concert promotion. <laughs>
0: uh, I don't know if it's a good business, but it's a definitely like fun when you're young yeah. to like, you know, to get going. Yeah,
1: um, so all I'm saying is that if you could like somehow buy stock in an 18 year old that's starting a concert promotion business, <laughs> they'll probably go uh, on one day to like be a venture backed uh, founder.
0: Uh, I'm with you. I agree. We should start that fun.
1: <laughs> cool. Well, Everett, this was a uh, really fun speaking with you. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh,
0: cool, Alex. Great, great to speak with you.
1: Thanks for listening today. If you like moving up, the best way you can support us is by telling your friends or leaving a review on iTunes. Thanks.